Hello, and welcome to the Transformed Life Podcast, where we discover life from God's perspective. I am your host, Joe Tran, and I would like to thank you for joining us. Also, don't forget to subscribe to get notified of future episodes, and feel free to follow me on social media at JoeTran316. That is J-O-E-T-R-A-N 316. We are also recording this episode at Lighthouse Vineyard Church in Elkhart, Indiana, so feel free to find out more about the church online at lighthousevineyard.church. In today's episode, we are in studio with Tony Huffnagel. How are you doing, Tony? Doing good. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for joining us today in our makeshift studio, which is really in one of the kids' rooms (laughs) here at Lighthouse. Uh, We will eventually have a dedicated room to record these episodes. Uh, So, Tony, in a few sentences, tell us about yourself. Who are you today? (laughs) Today, I'm a worshiper of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he delivered me from drugs and alcohol uh, 20 some five six years ago and uh, I'm just trying to try to walk in his light nice well thank you so much uh, for joining us today and uh, you know as you said you are a follower of Jesus before knowing him who were you feel free to you know take as much time as you need well before Christ I was a completely different animal Um. <clears throat> If I go all the way back to the birth, uh, I was born in 1960 uh, with a double cleft palate and a hole in the roof of my mouth. And the doctors told my young mom that she should put me in an institution and that I would not ever uh, be able to speak or to be able to hear. Uh, she chose to have faith, and she fed me with an eyedropper and... You know, so thank God for believing mom. Uh-huh. Uh, even though later she had succumbed to alcoholism and, and, fall, and fell away for a while, but that, we'll get to that part of the story too eventually. Yeah, definitely. Uh, wow, that, that is that is unreal. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, of course, I read your story before, you know, we started recording this podcast and you mentioned uh, that you started drinking at 15, which eventually led to your drug addiction. Uh, could you go into depth on what you were really searching for then? Yeah, um, I guess I was cir- searching for, you know, approval, uh, status to... Yeah, just approval, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father, you know, he left at about the same time, 14, 15, and, and through there. And, you know, I wanted to become, he had a reputation as a fighter. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be a bigger, badder man, fighter mm-hmm. than what he was, which meant the bar scenes and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was a point in high school where if I didn't get in a fight, like, Every day, I was literally, you know, I was just upset. I would go to the town square and just pick a fight with random people just to have a fight. And that's how depraved and bad it became. Wow, that's that's so crazy. And then so you just, so what was what was going through your mind uh, like when you were just like what was what was itching inside of you when you were just wanting to pick a fight with people? Yeah, it was a uh, it was a pain. I think the pain that I was feeling internally, I was trying to externalize it and mm. and pay other people back. You know that mm. pain that I felt. Yeah. You know because of the abandonment and you know and of course being teased 
you know, all coming up. There was actually people who would travel 15 miles or more, it felt like to me, mm-hmm. um, just to heckle me from the crowd, oh, you gosh. know, and make fun of me and that yeah. kind of thing. You know, so I became pretty bitter and pretty angry yeah. uh, over that and just yeah. wanted to project it onto other people, my pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah completely understood. Um, so uh, you also mentioned you got married at 21 thinking that would make you happy, but you realized your marriage couldn't be the source of true happiness. Uh, why do you think this was the case? Well, because the true happiness I know now is only found in Christ and in his love. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, you know, I was looking for love and I was wanting to be accepted and, you know, even to the point where, uh, you know, God told me without a shadow of a doubt, not to marry. Mm-hmm. He, he said, do not, mm. do not do this. Yeah. And I ignored it and I, I did. But in his grace and his mercy, um, he gave me, you know, a beautiful daughter um, who I thought for sure, for the love of a daughter, I could lay down the drugs and the alcohol. I could lay it down, you know, I could, I could overcome it because of the love that I had for my daughter. I was so far from the truth because I hadn't even really met and known what true love was until I met Christ. Yeah. So it was just a revolving, you know, I mean, I might stay clean for a couple of months yeah. at the best, mm-hmm. you know, and then just fall right back into um, cocaine, yeah. uh, crack, um, you know, meth. It wasn't really crack back in those days, but mm-hmm. meth and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the hard ones, acid, those kind of things. And, yeah, it, it just, it seems like you were going through like a vicious cycle that you vicious. just couldn't pull yourself out of, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. There, it just seems like there's this, like your own human strength is incapable of pulling you out of that. You're right. Absolutely yeah. not capable. Yeah. So it, um, so let's see. Uh, so tell me about, tell me about the day or days which led up to you acknowledging and receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Okay. It was uh, <clears throat> somewhere uh, June 6, 1990. I was in the LaGrange County Jail. And what had happened, although, you know, I lived my life violently and drunk 24-7, I, I never had an assault charge. I never had a drunk driving charge. Um I asked God later why why he wouldn't have done that to get my attention, but he, he thought maybe I was a little too hard-headed for that. Mm-hmm. But what had happened was I was facing 180 years in prison for uh, selling cocaine, well, oh my gosh. which is three life sentences. <sighs> and because of the mandatory minimum, you know, I, I could have they, – they broke it down to basically a 50-year uh, plea agreement. But mm-hmm. during the – in that process um, – after I was arrested and facing all that time, uh, the jailhouse chaplain came in and he grabbed my foot. And I'll never forget it because I brought my other foot up and just about kicked him right in the face. <laughs> and, and, but something stopped me. The Lord stopped me and he invited me to church. I came out to church and when they started talking about the love of Christ and you know, that he actually could love somebody like me. Uh, and the fact that he even went and died for someone like me, it just blew me out of the water. There was, it was beyond my comprehension that 
God, the creator of the universe, mm-hmm. could love somebody like me. Yeah. And he did. He yeah. did love me. And then I knew what love was. Yeah. You know, that day, um, nothing like it. I mean, the the addictions that had a hold of me that I couldn't break were broken immediately. Oh, my god! I mean, it was just miraculously broken. Yeah. No withdrawals, no nothing. Just yeah. broken. So, like, just to kind of reiterate on that, so you probably felt like, you know, before that moment, like, you felt like there was a vacuum, mm-hmm. and then suddenly something filled that vacuum. That's right. That's that's so crazy. So, let's go, you know, into further detail on that. So, describe describe to the audience the pivotal moment where you were at that church and you made the decision to go all in with with jesus like describe like what was your physical sensations that you may have felt uh the thoughts that were going through your mind uh, maybe just even things that you were just like wow that is so weird like i can't i can't really even fully explain what's going on right yeah it was uh, it was totally mind-blowing because <clears throat> as i sat in the front row of the little makeshift auditorium in the jail um the guy was preaching and he, and he was talking about the holy spirit and that, that he was drawing someone and he was drawing them you know by the love of christ and and he reached out and he grabbed my shirt and he pulled it and i felt like my heart was going to explode and come right out of my chest i mean it was just racing rapidly Mm. like how does this guy know me and why did he grab me Uh and so what had happened then um they didn't do an altar call but after the service um we had a room in the back where uh, people went to go to the restroom for privacy. And I went back there and I, I asked the Lord if he could use someone like me, I would, I would love for him to show me the right way, mm, you know? And yeah. so I just surrendered it, my life to him uh, on a toilet yeah. <laughs> in the jail. That is, that is so a dirty, cool. yucky place. But <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you see it throughout the Bible where, you know, like God meets us, anywhere right like even the lowest of the lowest places you know um so would you describe that moment where you first started feeling alive absolutely awesome absolutely so uh after your your uh so after you ended up in prison for and that was for dealing cocaine is that right correct okay so uh what what happened um i read that you were actually witnessing to the boxing champion of uh, mike tyson is that right I was. Um, <laughs> I was. That's so crazy. <clears throat> it's really crazy. I leading up to to the prison, um, I kind of really felt like because God had set me free and and I was experiencing His love in such a powerful way, and He actually had me um, sharing my testimony in front of crowds and. Um, was using me already, and I didn't know anything, but he was just using me. I, I was able to um, speak at a, a couple of prisons before I went to prison, which is phenomenal. Wow. And um, so when I actually was sentenced, mm-hmm. um, 30 years the sentence was, um, I felt like I maybe missed something because I was like, God, why? I thought you were going to deliver me from this. So then my... Uh, my mindset after that shock was over mm-hmm. was to okay, I'll, 
I'll find this one person that you want me to lead to you and we'll yeah. get them saved and then you can yeah. you can open the doors and let me go. Yeah. And it was in that process and that mindset that I actually God started really miraculously using me um to minister in the prison uh to people who were down and out. Lots of lots of opportunities to minister mm -hmm. uh, in the prison. Um it's, it's like Satan's uh mansions. Mm -hmm. I mean it's it just unbelievable the amount of demonic forces and darkness is in there but huh. so anyway uh we had been praying for a brother to come back uh he had fallen away he had believed for an outdate and his name was uh, cal quarles he had believed that he was going to be released by a certain date and that day came and went so he fell away mm. and uh, we had been uh Myself and some other brothers have been praying for him to come back to Christ. Well, he did. He rededicated his life and came back to the Lord. Hmm. Well, he happened to be Mike Tyson's roommate. Oh, wow. So he came up to me. He's like, hey, Huffy, Huffy. He goes, uh, you know, what, what should I do? Uh, you know, I don't want to be unequally yoked. And I'm like, dude, you're not going to marry Mike Tyson. Are you? <laughs> He's like, uh, no. I said, well, that's kind of what that passages <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that just yeah. pray and ask god and he'll tell you what to say so he went and told mike that i said that he needed to pray before he talked yeah. to mike misunderstood it and oh. he, he he sought me out and um we had a short conversation on like a saturday night and then I went to my room, you know, we're locked in overnight and whatnot, but uh -huh. I went to my room and I wrestled with God all night long. I wrestled and uh, I, I was so physically weak, uh, like I had the flu. Um, my eyes hurt, but yet he was giving me scriptures and it was combating the conversation that I had with Mike. It was all the answers that I needed. Oh, wow. For his religion. He yeah. believes in yeah, Islam. Yeah. yeah. A Muslim religion. Oh, okay. And so, mm. I'm marking, well, I said, Lord, if it's you, take the pain from my eyes so I can at least lift my head off the pillow. Mm -hmm. So he did. He took the pain from my eyes and I lifted my head up and I started marking my Bible and I couldn't wait for the doors to open that morning. And when they opened up, I was coming out and Mike comes out and he went right straight to the telephones and he was on the phone. He was on the phone a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so I'm, looking for well maybe i missed you lord so maybe it was his roommate so i go over and i start talking to his roommate yeah okay and i start sharing the scriptures with him because he believed uh the same thing mm. um so i'm i'm sharing the, with him uh the guy's name is madlock and i'm sharing the scriptures with him uh, a demon possessed dude came up or actually he was demon possessed the lord cast a demon out of him in the kitchen previous to that um, he comes up and he's like, Alfie, you're lying. Why are you lying? I heard you up in your room cursing God. And it's like, no, Reginald, I'm not. I'm never, that didn't happen. <laughs> you know, so Mike hangs up the phone and this is starting to look commotion in the day room, you know. Yeah. Um, so Mike hangs up the phone. He comes over and he tells Reginald, he said, shut up. I want to hear what Huffy's got to say. Yeah. And by that time, we were surrounded by 12 to 16, probably, you know, um, Black guys. Wow. I'm white. Uh-huh. And so some of the Christian yeah. brothers, black and white, mm -hmm. were saying, Huffy, you need to get out of that circle. This mm -hmm. is not good. Yeah. And um, so I started sharing the scripture with Mike mm -hmm. and he got convicted. Um and he wow. told me, he said, Well, Huffy, he said, uh, you know, that's all good and well. He said, But 
what would you do if I hit you on the right side of your cheek? I said, well, I know the scripture says, Mike, I know it says I'm supposed to turn the other cheek. I said, but yeah, I don't know if I could do that. I really, to be honest with you, I don't know. Yeah. And he said, well, we're going to find out. Oh my goodness. So he came at me and as he got ready, his, uh, the guy got up out of the doorway and moved, mm -hmm. moved his chair and he went to shove me in that room um, to hit me and find out. And, yeah. and right before he shoved me, I said, I rebuke that spirit of anger in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he froze. We were nose to nose and toes to toes. And it was like the Lord let me read the minds of the guys in that circle because they're like, that's that's a crazy white dude. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. that's a really mighty God. Yeah. And it was a mighty God. It was all, and you know, Mike, he, yeah. he wound, I wish I could say that I led him to the Lord and, you know, he repented yeah. and turned, but he hugged me and said he loved me. But when it was all said and done. Oh my goodness. I would I would have been terrified. It was remarkable. I would have been terrified, honestly. I would have been probably crying or something along those right. lines. <laughs> I would have been like, You want a hug, bro? Like <laughs> Yeah, let's hug it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, so after your prison sentence, it went from is this is this right, hundred and eighty years down to only a year and three months? Correct. <clears throat> See, the same thing happened to me, really, that happened with Cal. I was praying and believing for an outdate as well. Mm. And, um, and then even some people came in with the gospel um, and said from the pulpit that there's people in this room right now that, and this is on the 23rd day of December, mm. never forget that day, yeah. on the 23rd day of December, um, 1993, uh, they said there's people in this room that the Lord said that they're going to be going home before um, the end of the year. Wow. Or, or they've been believing to go home for Christmas. Uh -huh. And he's answered your prayers. And I'm like, that's me. So I yeah. got ready to come up front and get prayer. And the Lord told me to stay in my seat. Oh, Lord, why would you do that? You're not the author of confusion. This can't be you. You know, I've been praying and believing. You said if you believe and ask anything in your name, it will be done. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. He's like, stay in your seat. So I, and I'm like, well, my brothers are all going to be confused because they know that I've been professing this out loud. And they heard what the, that person said. So, Again, you're not the author of confusion, so what is going on? And sure enough, after the church service, the Christian brothers in, in the circle came up, and they're like, hey, Huffy, didn't you hear what he said? I'm like, yeah. Why didn't you go up and get prayer? It's like, well, the Lord told me to stay in my seat. And I was so angry at God, and I went back to my room and um, shut the door and was crying out, God, why, what, why can you do this? And he's like, Still small voice, never again will I ever forget it. He said, Tony, what did you used to tell me? And I knew immediately um, what he was talking about. He was talking about, we used to have the Bible studies in my mom's basement where we're the same place we had the drug and alcohol parties. But mm -hmm. after I got saved, yeah. before I went to prison, we were having Bible studies in there. And I said in my prayers, and I meant it from my heart, Lord, if you never do anything else for me, as long as I live, Thank you for going to the cross. You paid my penalty. I can never repay you. You don't have to do anything else for me as long as I live. And I was like, you're right, Lord. So if you want me to stay in this prison, I'll stay here and I'll serve you for my, you know, 30 years, 12 years, 100, whatever you want, Lord, I'm yours and I'll serve you. The very next day, I go to work. I work in the kitchen. Uh -huh. 
And the captain called me out. He said, you know, Huffnagel, you got to go down to the, uh, the captain wants to see you in his office. Mm. And I'm like, praise God, I'm going home. And yeah. they're like, no, the captain doesn't call people out on the 24th day of December <laughs> unless somebody died in their family. So the enemy hit me. Oh, it was like a mile walk at least, maybe yeah. a mile and a quarter from one end of the prison to the other. Wow. Um, and as I'm walking, uh, I'll never forget. As I'm walking, it's like, well, you know, your brother, he's a little unstable. He shot and killed his whole family, then he shot and killed himself. I'm like, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Well, you know, your mom, she had a car wreck, and then, you know, your dad, and this happened. Mm -hmm. And you just put every member of my family before my eyes in some kind of a tragedy. Uh -huh. And each time I rebuked it, I got stronger. Uh -huh. So I go busting in the captain's office, like, praise God, Captain, you want to see me? He's like, why are you so happy? I said, well, because I can be. He said, well, I didn't say you had good news. I said, it doesn't matter. Whatever the news is, yeah. God's got me. Yeah. I'm praising him. What's the news? He said, well, go back to your cell and call your lawyer. I was like, praise God. He said, I didn't say it was good news. I was like, okay. I went to the <laughs> door. He's like, hey, healthy. I was like, yeah. He said, it's good news. <laughs> so I went back and I called my attorney um, and again, this is relevant. <laughs> Let me back up a little bit uh -huh. because the attorney that I had originally, my mom had hired for me, mm -hmm. um, very good. The, the judge said that that was the best piece of lawyering he'd ever seen in his mm -hmm. courtroom. Well, we fired him because he told me to forget about that Jesus stuff. Oh, he said, no, wow. you, you, that's not going to get you anywhere. You forget about that. So we fired uh -huh. him. Wow. And we hired his errand boy. Oh, really? The lawyer that I had never had a felony case ever. Oh, my goodness. Before that. Oh. He had never, ever had a felony case. That is so crazy. My lawyer, and he was on the 23rd day of December when all this was going on yeah. in the prison. He was in the county jail talking to the judge, getting my release signed. I had no way of knowing, but when the Lord said, stay in my seat, he was working. <laughs> I was working on my behalf. That is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that, that's really, I mean, that's just unreal, though. I mean, to have someone, you said, so just to, just to make sure I heard that right, someone that's never, like, worked on a felony case was the one. Correct. <laughs> he didn't even go to school for criminal law. It was for real estate. <laughs> 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 yeah. so anyway so okay where i was going was the, the compassion uh -huh. so you think okay well you know it's not god you can say you can't say it was my lawyer mm -hmm. you, you could say it was the judge except my judge mm -hmm. his daughter was killed by her husband who was a cocaine addict and uh -huh. he said anybody who comes in front of me yeah for selling cocaine is going to yeah. get the harshness that i can give them oh my goodness so yeah he on the 23rd day of December, again, yeah. we think about his family yeah. that he had lost and still had compassion yeah. to sign my release. So huh. it wasn't, it was God. Yeah, obviously. There, there was just absolutely no way if fans are about it. There's no way a human being could get credit for this story. Right. So that left me then um, getting released in, on like January 7th by the time they got it through because the prison system kept denying it. I said, I'm going home. They're like, no, you're not. I'm like, Yes, I am. They're like, so I had my bags packed for like two weeks, but finally, yeah. you know, they opened the door and let me out. So uh, the bottom line is I did a year and three months off of what was a 30-year sentence, mm -hmm. and then they suspended some of that. But yeah. at, when all was said and done, I did a year and three months. 
<laughs> that's I can't even like I can't even like logically put that together in my head of how that like worked out. Like that's so crazy. It is crazy. But what happened then from that uh-huh. those last two weeks, that little Bible study that we were doing at six uh-huh. AM with like five people, yeah. it, it was like fifty people after that. There is there's wow. like God speaks uh-huh. here. Yeah. And he's speaking here. So they wanted yeah. to come in here, you know, what what God had to say. Um, because Mike, you know, Tyson with all of his money couldn't buy his way out. Isn't that crazy? Buy the doors open. Isn't that st- can't you see God written all over that? Oh. Like you take someone who's literally physically very powerful mm-hmm. and not just that financially very powerful, but yet that human being cannot buy themselves out of prison. Yet the one who is not of this world got you someone that it seemingly could not get out of prison for sure. You had no resources or anything mm-hmm. like that. And yet he got you out of prison. <laughs> Man, this is really good stuff, dude. Well, the guy wasn't done from there. Oh. <laughs> While I was in prison, um, I'm sorry, I hope I'm not getting ahead. No worries. No, no, go ahead. No, no. While I was in prison uh, early on, the Lord gave me uh, a dream, a reoccurring dream, hmm. like three nights in a row at least. And I was talking to a, a brother there, and I was like, man, what, you know, what do you think? And he's like, well, that's going to be your wife. And I'm like, Dude, that's sick. I mean, I'm dreaming about this like 10, 12 year old girl swinging on a swing, a little blind headed girl. I'm like, come on, really? He's like, well, that's what I'm getting. And so sure enough, um, after my release, mm-hmm. well, first off, I have to say the very first thing that happened was, uh, I was hit with leukemia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that, of course, you go right back to like the children of Israel. I was like, murmuring and complaining mm-hmm. he's like you brought me out of prison miraculously yeah. that was so cool and so awesome but you could have just let me die there if you're gonna bring me out and kill yeah. me with leukemia because uh-huh. by the way there's like no cure for that yeah you know yeah and in, you know it, to all the listeners out there who don't know what leukemia is it's uh just to correct me if i'm wrong that's cancer in the blood it correct is. so it's very hard to like it's just very hard to remove you know right. yeah so bone marrow transplants and that kind of thing but <clears throat> what had happened in my case um you know i was coming home from the doctors again never forget it never ever ever um and they had told me that i had it and and i was crying out to god and you know complaining and murmuring and and he's like uh tony yes lord read psalm 118 I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, Lord, I know. That, that's a 118.8. That's the middle verse of the Bible, approximately. Yeah. It says it's better to put my my um, trust in you than put confidence in man. I, uh-huh. I know that verse. And he's like, I said, read Psalms 118. Yeah. So I pulled my van over. Uh-huh. I pulled my Bible up. Yeah. And I opened up and I started reading through Psalms 118. And when mm-hmm. I got down to Bible verse 17, it said, thou shalt not surely die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And I said, Okay, I'm good. So I yeah. put my Bible right down, and yeah. I knew from that moment on that he was going to heal me. And so to this day, um, and that was, again, in 95, mm-hmm. um, the uh, leukemia had been in submission to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for all those years. Oh, my goodness. All those years. And uh, so along with that, now I'm out, and I'm, I'm battling the – uh-huh. The leukemia on the worst day of that battle, uh-huh. uh, you know, because you got 
the poor me's and you're getting into molly grubs and oh why 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 you know mm. and on my worst day um well there's actually two worst days yeah, yeah <laughs> go ahead. i, I gotta yeah. check that out but uh, <laughs> that doesn't compute but anyway uh the uh, in the hospital my worst day in the hospital okay uh, going through the chemo um they called Somebody called me up and interviewed me on a radio talk show, <laughs> and that that was pretty cool because that was yeah. like my lowest moment. But yeah, I was I didn't lose any hair, I didn't uh -huh. get sick. Huh. I mean, I was still, you know, able to give God glory. Yeah, and that was just so cool to me that I could give God glory in that moment. Huh. And then uh, after the chemo at home the worst day i had went to a cinco de maya celebration and i got a bad taco and so i was sick from that i was like oh my gosh poor me and at that moment at that very moment my phone rings and to this day i don't know who was on the other end of the line yeah it was a sweet little old lady i say little maybe she was big i don't know uh -huh. um that's who i pictured her in my mind um, from Florida. And she says, the Lord told me to call you and tell you not to give up. And she said, myself and my whole church are praying for you. Oh my God. And I'm like, okay, Lord. So I, you know, you can't quit. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. I go back and I find out that I'm healed. And, uh, so back to my wife, yeah. um, who became my wife. Yeah. Uh, I was looking, it had been uh, through all this process. It took about five years. There mm -hmm. was some um, halfway houses and some mm -hmm. home detention kind of thing mm -hmm. and probation, intense probation after prison. So it was a little over five years from yeah. start to finish. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I'm like, I told my pastor, I said, this is a really big deal, having a wife. Yeah. It's a really big deal. I blew it the first time. Yeah. You know, God told me don't do it, and I did it. I, and yeah. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. And so I saw in Scripture how they had sent um, for to find a wife for um, Isaiah. Mm. Or Isaiah. Isaac. Sorry. Mm. For Isaac. Okay. Uh, and when, they, when the servant went, he said, well, how will I know if it's the right woman? And he said, well, you're going to say um, – the, you're thirsty and they're gonna she's gonna give you drink not only for you but you and your camels so that's mm. how you're gonna know yeah. so you're gonna say this and she's gonna say this i was like okay cool that's what i want so here's what i'm gonna do I'm, and i told my pastor and i told no other man i said i'm gonna say that every good gift is from heaven above is set down from the father of light and of love and i'm gonna say that to the woman and then she's gonna answer back to me which makes no sense, by the mm -hmm. way. But she's going to say back to me, why do you call me good? Huh. And uh, I must have said that very statement because I, I do the online dating thing. Uh -huh. And I must have said that to 10 women. Uh -huh. uh, some I said it to twice. Not one uttered a response. It's like they didn't even hear me. That's why I said it to a couple of them twice. Yeah. I said it twice. That's so, so crazy. So, um I finally got frustrated with it. I said, okay, Lord, I don't even know if this is biblical. Yeah. And at this point, here I am complaining again, but mm -hmm. you know what? You have her call me because I, I'm tired of just looking underneath every rock and, you know, if it's yeah. going to happen, it's going to happen. You have her call me. And I had to add in the paper. It's yeah. called the paper. And, um, sure enough, uh, Ruth had responded to it 
and uh, I was gonna, we were gonna go on a date, mm -hmm. and I go in the flower shop, and uh, the Lord said no. So I'm like, no, okay, what's going on here? Yeah. So, so sure enough, she called me up. She's, I gotta cancel the date. I'm like, yeah, I know. She's like, how do you know? I said, well, the Lord told me not to buy a flower, so I figured something was up, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, sure enough, uh, she had some other commitments that she wanted to see through and see what was going to happen with that. But after the after I was actually healed with leukemia, I was going through that battle at that time. Mm -hmm. And after I was actually healed from that, the Lord reminded me that she thought I was dying. So I called her up to give her the testimony that God had healed me. Oh, okay. And not really intending on anything else yeah. and she's like oh by the way i broke up with ed how uh -huh. about that date now and i was like oh okay well, let's do that so yeah. we went on a date and sure enough um <laughs> it was like we had known each other our whole lives it was just unbelievable huh. but even more unbelievable the place that she grew up is the exact place where she swang in the backyard on the swings <sighs> <laughs> the place is called Miracle Acres. This here in Elkhart is where Elkhart Christian Academy is. Oh my goodness! Yeah, her father was involved with starting that um, school, and they had a prop. They had a you know home yeah. on that property. So I saw that, and I was like, "What?" She's like, "Yeah, that's where I grew up." And I didn't say anything because yeah. you know that's kind of crazy to just say. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We're driving randomly, yeah. and there it is. And it's like yeah. so. I'm like, okay, and so okay. And then the first date, you know, went on and on. Uh -huh. It seemed like forever, and it was like all good, yeah. very good. Um, and uh, we're at her parents' house, mm -hmm. and she was a pastor's yeah. kid, you know, yeah, yeah. and I was a heathen. So <laughs> I was previously. So yeah. I, I was sharing all my junk yeah. dirt and darkness mm -hmm. and she shared hers which mm. i was surprised that a pastor's yeah. kid would have yeah any of course it wasn't anywhere near like mine yeah. but um to her it was yeah dark yeah. and i said you know we need to pray and so we held hands and i started praying and out of my mouth came every good and every perfect gift is from heaven above and it's set down from the father of light and of love and with tears in her eyes, rolling down her face, she said, after what I share with you, how can you call me good? <laughs> my spirit leaped. I'm like, ah, but I didn't say anything yet. I went and talked to my pastor first. Yeah. Within uh, two months, we were married. And we've been married ever since, Twenty, going on 25 years. Oh, my goodness. That is so crazy. <laughs> God's good, man. Wow. God's great. That is, that is like, I can't even put words to how amazing that is. Like, that is so crazy. I mean, that God is, God is definitely. Whew. Sometimes I think he's just showing off. Yeah, know? I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I wonder what he's thinking right now. <laughs> right. Like hearing us, you know, or hearing you talk about your story that he actually wrote, you know, he did. Um, so so we're you know we got about a few questions left here uh so how do you see yourself now compared to who you were before jesus oh that's a great question um i'm a totally different person i mean i'm not at all um i don't think where i would like to be but i just thank god i'm not where i was mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um it the 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 scripture says that the accuser of their brother is cast down before uh, 
and he's accusing us day and night before our God. Mm. And it, so he's making these accusations, you know, and we overcome him by the blood of the lamb, mm -hmm. by the mm -hmm. word of our testimony. Yeah. And that we love not our lives unto death. Yeah. So that's where I am. Yeah. You know, I want, I want to share, um, what Christ did on the cross for me. Yeah. The word of my testimony. I want to share yeah. that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I don't love the fact that I have this flesh, you know, mm -hmm. that I still have to feed into submission mm -hmm. yes. almost daily. Yeah. Uh, Agreed. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, I totally agree on that. Uh, so, uh, what have you not talked about that you'd like to mention? Mm. Those, what we have talked about was some of the miraculous and, and good things, you know, that God has truly done for me. Mm. But, yeah, you know, his grace and his mercy that are, are new every morning. It's a it's a every day mm -hmm. in and out, you know? Yeah. When his presence when he shows up while you're having a cup of coffee mm -hmm. or you're just driving down the road, yeah. you know, just worshiping and he shows up. Yeah. Those are the, those are priceless moments. Yeah. Those are priceless. Yeah, I agree. And so so here's the last question. All right. So so right now there is someone out there who is listening and they're struggling with drugs. They're struggling with addictions, loneliness, disease, a, a broken and shattered past. If you could tell them anything, what would you say? Oh, the addiction, the addictions uh, are life threatening. There's no out other than Jesus. They lead to jails, institution or death period sin today still leads to death mm. and um but with christ with christ with his love you, we can overcome he, mm. he's made us more than conquerors yeah so with him all things are possible yeah. without him no yeah it's not going to happen it's not going to change yeah. it, it's going to be that vicious cycle over and over and over again and and it gets worse it doesn't get better it gets yeah. worse and worse yeah. because you hate yourself more and more and more yeah on uh, the other side I'm, I'm starting to like myself a little bit <laughs> finally you know yeah. i don't hate myself uh, anymore yeah you know so that's that's amazing well thanks tony i tremendously appreciate you sharing your experience with jesus in a very explicit way uh, we sincerely appreciate your willingness to put it all out there for the world to hear uh, may i pray for you and for all of us who are connecting with your experience absolutely okay heavenly father thank you so much for tony and your divine patience and love in molding him from someone who was shattered into many pieces to now being one of your masterpieces we pray wholeheartedly for anyone who needs to hear Tony's story that they realize they're not alone in this battle. In fact, they have the creator of the universe on their side in their battles. We tremendously love you and praise you in your son's holy and mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks once again, Tony. We tremendously appreciate you. And that is it for today's episode of the Transformed Life podcast, where we discover life from God's perspective. 
If you have any questions, suggestions, or you would like to share your story of how Jesus has personally worked through your life, feel free to email us at the Transformed Life Podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you find this podcast beneficial to your walk with Jesus, please rate us five stars and leave a review. Thanks once again for joining us on the Transformed Life Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Tran, and we will see you next time.